Welcome, welcome to the Monda Solution with your hosts, Jordan McDonald and Brandon Wood. Oh, B-Dubs in the house. What Man. up? I mean, I guess you're always in the house for these uh, these podcasts. I shouldn't be so surprised. I'm in How a are house. You? I'm in a house. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I live in a brick house. So um, <laughs> you have to say it. Brick house that's how you have to say it <laughs> i'm high and mighty just letting it all hang out you know that's that's what i do over here brandon um, wow you know and it's kind of it's kind of a gorilla tactic if you yes, will it you is know, a gorilla tactic just sneaking in these well random done. lyric references <laughs> <laughs> yes indeed well, are, how are you are you doing well how i'm doing well life? thank you it's you know so we're we're both in colorado and Colorado, it's funny, I moved here from, I used to live in New York City for about nine years, but I'm from Virginia, southeastern Virginia, and, you know, people that don't live in Colorado, they're like, oh my God, it's after September, it must be the, they think it's frozen tundra here all the time. (laughs) Meanwhile, we have like 100 degree days easily in the summertime, no problem, Uh, very normal. And then in the wintertime, yes, we will get a cold break where it'll be like for two weeks straight at average high of like four but then it's like 60 degrees, you know, and it's very common. And so I love winter and we are just now beginning that kind of, not just now, but like over the past few weeks, but today, I mean, it's pretty chilly. Tomorrow it's going to be like a high of 40 and then it's getting down into the single digits in some places in the front range. The mountains are already well into the single digits and below. So yes, I am enjoying the cooler, crisper, brisker weather. How about you? Yeah, you know, it is a welcome change. Yep. I am a never winter type of person. You know, there's that brand never summer. I'm never winter except for I love the canvas when it snows. Yes. Uh, I love how quiet everything becomes after yeah. it snows. I, I, I love just how it feels like everybody gets a fresh start on the world and a new perspective. And of course, everything it embodies, which is growth and regrowth and renewal uh, coming coming in the near future, right? It's, yeah. But I am not a winter person. <laughs> well, you know, so Never Summer, the brand, right, that you just mentioned, Never yeah. Summer is actually the name of a mountain range here in the Rocky Mountains. Um, it is a sub-range, like the Gore Range or something like that, right? So um, it's called the Never Summer Range. Uh, is that where they that's got it from? Is that's Colorado? what it's named for. Yeah. So it's kind really? of, I mean, we're going to be talking, not to be too ham handed about pushing it into something, but <laughs> that a lot of people think when they hear never summer about the brand first, re- as opposed to the mountain range first. How about that? Well, that's, that's amazing. I mean, it's such a, you came at me like a commando. You like that? And uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared. It's, yes. <laughs> speaking of synonyms that go along with commando, we got gorilla. And today we're talking about gorilla marketing tactics. Yes, sir. Um, I think we'll just kick it off as you have so adroitly provided with a great definition. We're going to be using one uh, here from HubSpot. Yep. And it goes something like this. Rick, Rick, Rick. Gorilla marketing is a way to drive publicity and as a result, brand awareness by promoting using unconventional methods designed to evoke surprise, wonder, or shock. Yes. And I will say right out of the, right, two things right out of the gate. One, it's gorilla, not like the animal, but like the Sandinistas or something like, Like so mercenary. Yeah. People think people fighting outside of the bounds of normal warfare, for instance. Hence the name Gorilla, not Gorilla. And in fact, in the movie Captain Ron, Martin Short says to Kurt Russell, he's like, Captain Ron, you said Gorilla. You said, look out for the gorillas, not gorillas. That's what I keep thinking every time I say gorilla marketing. But the other thing that I should, I, I want to point out, and you, you know, you read that definition that they put up on HubSpot is that gorilla marketing isn't one thing. It, it's like the the theory or the technique of this uh, set of methodologies in order to attain the things that we talked about, like brand awareness and, and reach and what have you. So I, I feel like people get, we were talking about this before, people, um, right before we went on, we were talking about people look at you and they go, oh, what is SEO? And they think that SEO is just writing a bunch of copy that has appropriate keywords in it. 
and sure, that's part of it, right? But the density of the keywords is appropriate. Keyword stuffing is inappropriate. You you have to be very careful how you're doing it. Uh, backlinks, meta tags, alt tags, all these things. So SEO is this whole entire technique that surrounds this one methodology of marketing. Guerrilla marketing, similarly, there is no limit to what it could be. You know what I mean? Technically, I'm wearing a sweater right now and it says Patagonia on it. Technically, that's kind of a... Now, granted, it's a Patagonia sweater, but like it's kind of a brand, a, a way to guerrilla market. You know what I'm saying? So, just to clarify up front. Yes, I, you're right. There is more nuance to guerrilla marketing than yep. meets the the eye. Uh, yes. I, answer me this. It came to mind immediately. Is flash mob, can a flash mob be a form of guerrilla marketing? Absolutely. And there are a couple things. So we've got uh, one, two, three different things that we will probably allude to. The first thing that we're going to stick with right now is the, the HubSpot piece. But flash mobs are. And anything that is bringing brand awareness relative to those things. So there's this one video uh, we won't pull it up because it's again it's a video and all that stuff we're gonna loop it in and we'll probably get dinged with um uh copyright stuff all over the place so t-mobile i think it was t-mobile did this flash mob in trafalgar square in london right if you if you everybody knows london and they had pink the singer with with thousands of other people show up in and it's actually really inspiring because all these flash mobs are very cool. And so what they did was they had all these people show up in Trafalgar Square, big open square with the big lines and all that stuff. And they started saying, hey, Jude, right? And so Pink was there. I think that she was probably part of the plan. And they were passing out random microphones to seemingly random people. And I mean, the overall effect is kind of the fun side. So in that case, they were trying to, it seems to me they were subverting the brand forwardness in order to put the feeling forward. So the feeling of Hey Jude, everybody listens to Hey Jude, you're like, ah, oh, no, 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 no. Everyone sings along and you get all feel, you're like, oh, it's so inspiring, especially when you're standing around with 20,000 other people. And then they're like, oh yeah, T-Mobile did this thing. Oh yeah, T-Mobile. And all of a sudden, it's the brand becomes associated with a good feeling as opposed to the opposite way around. And so to me, guerrilla marketing, and it, this is, I guess, probably up for debate, but a lot of people might put the brand forward because it's certainly part of it but really what to me stands out is the cleverness of the methodology you know there's one that we'll talk about that's the um fiji water girl it's a which was a thing you know but i think that what it is is putting the cleverness the subversion around the traditional marketing techniques that makes it really stand out to me and then you go oh yes the brand do you know because it can yes flash mobs 100 percent and yeah, what a great uh, compendium of of knowledge that you are and that you possess. <laughs> it's uh, a, a quick shout out to B-Dub. <laughs> you left the word it. useless out of there. <laughs> we'll get useless to that in the next knowledge. segment. No. All right, that's very perfect. Edit that in. We'll put it so in a post. <laughs> I'll post pro it. There you go. So thinking of guerrilla marketing, mm -hmm. coming back to this yes. spot article, to keep this somewhat censored. There you go. With the flash mob, with with uh, that as a perfect example, one of the aspects of it that HubSpot alludes to, that doesn't even allude, they say it directly, it's budget-friendly. Yep. Right. Uh, now, I, I don't even know, I've never been part of a flash mob, but I'm pretty sure people aren't getting paid. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they might they're be... They're doing it to be a part of something bigger than themselves? Yeah. So sometimes they may be benefiting from it. There is a, um, there's a group in New York City that does the uh, New York City, the subway underpants ride. It is one day every year and they're called Improv Everywhere, I think, or Improv Anywhere, something like that. And basically, the first time I saw it, I think I was actually living in New York. I did not participate, but I saw it. I was like, what in the hell is going on? Because it's in like March or something like this. It's not Burr. warm in New York. And they're just people getting on the subway wearing their underwear typically speaking it's underpants to be fair so they're they're like ladies who are wearing a bra or something they're not just sitting there in like a bra and panties they're typically wearing like a jacket but then nothing on the bottom now 
almost everybody has their pants with them. There's, they're not breaking any laws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So do whatever you want. And they're just <clears throat> hanging out. But that's one of those things I think... I think that Improv Everywhere, which again, I, I could be wrong about who does that, but I, I think that's it. I'm sure they're benefiting some way financially, um, but it it's purely for the sake of doing it. It's just to rattle cages and to kind of step outside of norms, you know? So uh, the, the advantage of guerrilla marketing is that that budget-friendly piece, one of the huge pieces. And I mean, they one of the articles that I was in preparing for this, the easiest thing, sidewalk chalk, man. Go get some sidewalk chalk. Put it on a sidewalk out in front of your store, your business, whatever. Draw on your truck's tires or whatever. I mean, you can do whatever you want. And even if it kind of crosses the bounds, and let me put a caveat out there for both Jordan and myself, if I may speak for you on this point, Jordan, um, please don't do anything illegal. (laughs) And if you do, don't blame us. (laughs) um, Yeah, but if it's sidewalk chalk... You can just rinse it away. So that's a very easy thing to do. Um, I've seen other places where people have taken a, a stencil <clears throat> and they go to a sidewalk or a wall of a building, which is particularly dirty. And let's say it's a, a stencil that says Jordan Industries or whatever the hell it says. Jordan's Pencils. What's it? Jordan's Pencils. That's right. Call back. hey oh, <laughs> It says Jordan's Pencils. And you put this big stencil that's like, say, five feet by six feet on this wall or on the sidewalk or what have you. And then you pressure wash it. You don't use paint. You simply pressure wash it. That way, the only parts that are clean are the parts that say Jordan's pencils. Everything else is dirty. So technically, you actually did the city or the building or what have you a service by cleaning it. You just (laughs) were selective and you're cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen other people take stencils or what have you, um, a sign of some sort, and they will actually put clear uh waterproof waterproofing on it and then when it dries you don't see anything until it rains mm. and then everything else if it's like gray concrete right from a sidewalk the concrete gets wet except for that part which remains light and therefore people are going to see of course foot traffic in the rain sucks so might not be quite that great but you'll still see it anyway they're, they're very creative <clears throat> aspects and, and angles to guerrilla marketing yes uh and in this HubSpot article, there's a number of words that are jumping out. Um, there's ambush and, and sabotage, and you know, as we're as you just mentioned, no, we don't want you to do anything illegal. I had a yes. friend uh, who was convinced, and I did everything in my power to convince him not to. This is this is before Mondo. This is before any of this, uh, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to start a restaurant, and you know, there's a lot of trains that go through town. I'm just going to tag spray paint a train with my logo on the side of it. I'm like, for at least three reasons, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> at least three. At, at least three reasons. First of all, it's defacing private property. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, well, if they somehow put that image up, uh, Google Lens was still around. They could track that back to you, uh, potentially, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to end well. Nope. Uh, it, but it's just not... I, it, it's rarely do I see a train that's been illegally spray painted that I'm thinking, wow, that's the next Botticelli. Yep. Right. Or, and so please don't do that. Please don't do that. But oh, do you have something? No, no, go ahead. I was just, just one more, one more note. I know I'm, I'm off the rails on this train. Do track. it, man. I love it. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of hell's kitchen with Gordon Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's this one line that I think is absolutely pertinent to our conversation. Uh, not the sabotage part, but the ambush part. You know, he'll get in people's faces, and it doesn't really matter who they are. He is a uh, equal opportunity yeller, uh, and and he doesn't hold it back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he did say this. He said when he was giving guidance on how to run the pass, how to run the hot plate in a kitchen. He says you have to strike fear. Not that I'm advocating you're striking fear sure. in your potential clients, but but you have to get to some core emotion in people. Uh, which would improve your odds of being more memorable. That's why a flash mob or people in their underpants, as you're talking about, can be such a, a striking, shocking, memorable event because it's it's abnormal by definition. Yeah, it, it trips up people's brains. Our brains 
are programmed to see, and, and we could get into the psychology that's probably in a different episode because I think it's worth it, but our brains are programmed to see patterns and it's the thing that disrupts that pattern that really stands out the most to us. That's why we tend to remember things like car crashes or weddings or what have you, because these are abnormal things as it, rel- as it relates to the normal patterns of life. Um, and quite frankly, graffiti in that, in your friend's case there, I mean, sure, there are places that certainly have done that in a very artistic format. I mean, there's a lot of graffiti that is really amazing art. I mean, look at Banksy. But the thing that you'll notice about Banksy is that it stands out, number one, in that it's really always making a statement and it's not ever crowded out by other tags. And if somebody's putting a big fat tag that's probably the same bubble letters and all this crap on a, on a subway, I mean, fine, but everybody's seeing that everybody is going to have a negative impression. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people are going to have a negative impression of that. It's not going to stand out because the pattern is, oh, great, another. And anytime you say another, fill in the blank after that, in this case, graffiti tag or whatever it is, you're not, you're not standing out. You're standing out of something that's out of the bounds of probably what's legal to your point. But other than that, it's not going to, it's not going to make a, make waves, you know? Um, so let me, let me share one actually, and I'm going to, I'm going to share my screen and I know there are people that are listening to us as opposed to, can you see my screen there, Jordan? Yes, sir. Cool. So, um, there are people that are listening, so I'll do my best to explain. This is a, I, um, the, the Fiji water girl. So this is something that was going on for the, uh, golden globes uh, a few years ago. And if you can look at this picture, so there's this girl in a very kind of a royal blue dress. She looks nice, right? She's on the red carpet. Um, well, so all the people at the Golden Globes are taking all of these pictures. And her job was to walk around with Fiji water bottles, which stand out to begin with, and is probably half the reason why it's double the price of most other bottled waters, which we could get into single stream plastics and all that stuff, which is a different conversation. But um, they stand out anyway, right? And then she's wearing this bright, bright blue dress, which amongst all the blacks and the whites, it, there might be some people wearing a royal blue, but because it was her job to pass out these these waters off of this tray, right? It, she's in the background of almost every picture on the red carpet, right? And she stands out. That was a way to do something like that that they had not intended to do. Well, I mean, maybe they intended to do it, but it actually really became viral because she's looking at the camera. She's smiling mm-hmm. in this picture that we're looking here. I don't know who two the, these two guys are, but, um, or who these two people are anyway, but I, the, she's standing there smiling at the camera, just like the stars would. Right. And so she's really standing <laughs> out like that. And you can see this right here, this tweet from them. This is January 7th, 2019, where they say from Fiji water, which is at Fiji waters, their Twitter. Um, we're so glad everyone is talking about our water and then senses ominous presence. She's right behind us. Isn't she hashtag Fiji water girl. <laughs> and it did really, she's- really well. She's absolutely photobombing. Yeah, absolutely photobombing. And it's using, I mean, a lot of it, again, is using um, platforms that are there, right? So we, we've talked about some of the, the things that small businesses could do, and we, and we should certainly talk about more of those. But um, <clears throat> this, this thing, so I'll go kind of through this other list of things really quickly with just a few things. And please uh, stop me, Jordan, if you want to talk about a particular one. Um, April Fool's Day has become a big one of these, including this thing that we're looking at right here, where on April Fool's Day, this Monday morning, Taco Bell issued a press release saying they had bought, because they're Taco Bell, right? That they had bought the Liberty Bell. Now, it's not real, but it got a lot of viral hits. The The interesting part, again, it's because now it's on April Fool's. When I see something like this now, and I go oh, it's April, and it comes out on April 1st, like, I don't pay any attention to anything on April 1st because it's all crap because it doesn't stand out anymore. But at the time, it definitely stood out a lot, you know? Um, So everybody was kind of pissed about this, and you can read this, of course, both talk about, let's, let's, I'll read this because it's kind of cool. 
Um, on April Fool's Monday morning, Taco Bell decided to issue a press release and drop the news that they had purchased the Liberty Bell. Controversial as it was, this caused massive discussions as the historic monument's name would be changed to Taco Liberty Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Even though this nationwide hysteria cost them around $300,000, the actual advertising impact was around $25 million. And Taco Bell's sales increased by $600,000 the following day. Of course, which, look, that's like 37.8 billion tacos, right? <laughs> um, of course, both Taco Bell and the National Park Service reassured the fuming crowd that this was a joke, and Taco Bell then proceeded to donate. $50,000 for the preservation of the bell. Um, that's one of those things where they're using an existing thing that's something, whoa, Lordy, look at that. Let me, how do I stop sharing? There we go. Something that is iconic that people go, oh, and it trips your brain up because you're looking at this thing, the Liberty Bell is sacrosanct. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, well, we're just going to rebrand it Taco Bell. And of course, there is some righteous indignation. People going, "Oh my God, can you, they'll sell prices? They'll sell sponsorship for anything?" Of course, but they didn't. But it tripped your brain up enough to talk about it. Absolutely, it, uh, totally throws you off. And I was thinking as you're discussing this, I was thinking about uh, how IHOP had that experiment with being IHOB, yep. where they changed the the P from pancakes to B for for burgers, or some people speculated bananas. What I didn't realize, um, this was back, it wasn't April 1st, it was like they had toyed with it a couple of weeks before, but then they actually officially did change their name on June 11th, 2018. Um, first of all, I didn't know that they had officially changed their name. I, it's It's been a while, I don't remember it clearly, I just remember thinking, there's no way this is real. Uh, but in many of their restaurants, they actually they changed the backlit signage. They did officially change their name. They actually did release a line of, of beef patties and, and burgers, and they, they had a whole spiel about using 100%, 100% USDA-certified steak. Yep. And, um, and so I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure if, uh, if this was actually intended to backfire so that people were like, no, no, we really want this place to still be breakfast, um, or if they were legitimately trying to make a pivot. Uh, and uh, either way, it did draw attention to them. So it was a win. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, again, tripping up people's brain, they're going, because people react like, in this particular case, you, you, we've all heard the thing, there's no such thing as bad press, right? And in this case, that's kind of true because it's all about brand awareness. And, and Jordan, when you're reading the definition of guerrilla marketing, that's one of the things they talked about. Um, there's another example. Uh, so, you know, uh, the okay, so a bus stop where there's like glass on the sides, right? So 3M, when they were promoting this product called Scotch Shield, right, which is a particular type of glass, as I understand it. They put in one of these ends of the of the thing there, of the bus stop in here. I'll, again, I'll pull up a picture so you can see. Ooh, look, I can share it. Uh, just one window, maybe. Nope. Anyway, um, you can you can go in and you can see where what they had done was they put this glass on the end, and they put three million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that cash. Three million dollars in cash in there. And it cost them nothing. People kept trying to break it. And they were like, go ahead, try to break it. So apart from the fact that it was showing the strength, but it was also showing the durability because everybody and their brother is like walking up trying to break it. You know what I'm saying? Now, mm -hmm. it it says here, instead of $3 million in cash behind the glass, it was actually $500 placed on top of fake notes. Um, had someone broken the glass, they would have been compensated in a different manner than walking away. Uh, than walking away at $3 million in cash, but it just didn't happen, you know? So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a very interesting thing. And again, tripping people's brain, making them think that, Hey, this is something that I get to take advantage of. They get pissed off. They get thrilled. They're like, Oh, Jordan, you should go try. Hey man, do you have that acetylene torch? Let's go, let's go crack through this thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I keep thinking about our customers, you know, yep. or, or an ad agency's customers, or yep. just as them as a business by their lonesome without mm -hmm. any sort of guidance. Yes, there are creative people, plenty of them in this world. And mm -hmm. you can 
ride these coattails. Uh, and you can, you can take these examples and distill them, uh, and, and implement them, uh, as yourself as a business. Right. But it, it's, I'm not sure exactly where I'm going with this other than to say that there, there are a lot of variables there and, uh, you have to, there's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot that can backfire, right? I think of, uh, you know, just after you showed that 3M piece, I was remembering that gentleman who ran LifeLock. uh, Oh yeah. And and he, he said, you know, our product, it's essentially identity protection. Uh, and the CEO just put his social security number on billboards or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he, yeah, I, I think he ended up getting you know something something not so good happened to him. I think his identity was stolen. <laughs> oh, a bunch of times. Well, yeah. attempts. I, okay, sure. I think they tried to flip it again back into a positive because they were like, well, he you know his identity was attempted to be stolen, but we stopped people in their tracks. And I think they took that down since then, or he changed it because changing <laughs> your social is no small feat, you know. Oh no, no! Yeah. What a nightmare! Uh, absolutely. Um, there is one. So uh, it, it, again, because yes, to your point, Jordan, you're, you're always going to have haters on some level, right? I mean, people want to go in, and they're going to be again pissed off about it. This guy, oh, he's getting putting his social out there. He's teaching people how easy it is to get socials and then do something with it. Well, uh, fine, but I think that when people do see these things, at least for me. I wouldn't be pissed off about the Taco Bell thing. I wouldn't be pissed off about that because I don't really care. But I would also say that surely that's not true and do two seconds of research. The problem is we're very reactive people, um, but it is what it is. Um, what One thing I'm looking at here is somebody. So uh, I forget what year this was, but they were, they were uh, pitching the new King Kong Skull Island, right? So this is what, five years ago or so? So it really is guerrilla marketing really is guerrilla marketing and on this beach in on dockweiler beach in los angeles um and i by the way anybody listening and not watching uh we will probably put this so you can so you can see it so what they did was uh we'll put a link down there they have these big footprints all along the beach where the (laughs) monkey or the great ape rather has stepped and they're huge. I just want to describe this for the viewers. They could easily be seven or eight feet wide by oh, yeah. 10 feet long. Oh, yeah. And maybe a foot or two into the sand. Deep. Yep. And you and then you and then you look at them and you go, oh, my God, what the hell is that? What made these things? And uh, yes, look, pretty quickly, you're going to be like, well, obviously, this is <laughs> this is not where this thing was. And then they also partnered up. <laughs> so it says uh, the footprints are 25 feet long and 12 feet wide. Wow. Um, the sightings of these giant footprints then became viral, viral and on Waze, you know, Waze navigation software, uh, there was an uh, King Kong was here or Kong was here icon. So you could kind of tag where these different things showed up. That was a multi-pronged effort. Yeah. Um, sir, I can't imagine that was budget friendly in this case. Uh, maybe not, but I mean, once maybe. on a platform like Waze, because the information on Waze is crowdsourced, right? So when you're saying, hey, there's a cop over here, that's Jordan. Ta- like Waze isn't doing anything with that other than providing the platform. That's Jordan going, hey, there's a cop right here and tagging that, right? So it could be uh-huh. that, look, you're, you're in one of those spots. If you're using Waze or you're nearby Waze, you're already, your phone is geotagged. So you're already being tracked and they're going to go oh look king kong is here you can just click this button and all of a sudden you shared that so it could be something like that yes i'm sure it wasn't cheap agreed there's certainly a budgetary concern there but um here's the the charging bull and so the bull on wall street um if you can still see it um they put so gold toe the famous gold toe socks company right so for new york fashion week gold toe was launching an underwear line so they put a size of let's see the underwear has been described by witnesses as a size xxxxl white briefs with a clean cut that accentuate the bull's unique physique and it's a bull by the way 
and last I checked, bulls don't wear underwear. Uh, but the point being that they, again, are using something iconic, similar to the Liberty Bell, right? In this case, they're using the Wall Street bull called the Charging Bull, right? Uh, to be able to market that. Clever. Very, very clever. And it really brings home, you know, this guerrilla marketing concept um, mm-hmm. was a book in yep. 1984 um, by J. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, it was a book, but Jay Conrad Levinson. There you go. Um, and and one of one of his key points to the point of the bull, right? People are looking at this. I'm not sure what year uh, that event went down, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it was in the era where people had smartphones. I'd like to think. Yep. I'd, I imagine it's post 2007. <laughs> yeah. Where we had MMS and uh, not yet iMessages, but I digress. But it's that word of mouth, and of course, word of mouth can go two ways uh right if, if you have a terrible experience with something mm-hmm. uh we know i i don't have stats in front of me but i i think we all know that people tend to complain uh potentially more than they than they share good information maybe that's just like maybe that's a personal bias i have i i try not to complain but i know i know i have but of course, a lot of people are also sharing their very positive experiences. Yes, uh, or or just something outlandish, like you know, when you're in a selfie with that that uh, you know white underwear wearing bull, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're going to get some likes on that. You're going to get some uh, retweets, maybe even by the chief twit himself, right? Well, and and yeah, back to last week, uh, and, and I mean that's the thing, right? So like. They, uh, I, I think it's so cool when people go and take advantage of the platforms that are available to you. Like we, we, we look at whatever Instagram and we go, oh, well, this is just for the platform of Instagram for putting sunsets and crap like that. But it's not because like, to your point, if you can make an impression, then you're going to double down on your Instagram views, Facebook views, Twitter views, whatever, Snapchat, it doesn't matter. So when people think about marketing in this way, we can't think about it two-dimensionally. We have to think about it in kind of like this spherical dimension, right? So 4D chess sort of thing. If I make this move, it can appear over here. It can do this, right? Wendy's, I think it's Wendy's, does a great job. So the Wendy's, and I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I will because it's freaking hilarious. They do this whole thing where... The, whoever manages the Wendy's Twitter account, kudos to them. And this is four years ago, and they've continued on this zone. But um, they're sassy, right? They're sassy. They're so somebody <laughs> tweets, if you buy tweets to nobody in particular, they don't even tweet at Wendy's. They just said straight up, if you reply, I will buy the whole Wendy's menu right now. And then Wendy's text <laughs> tweets them back and says, prove it. <laughs> so, <laughs> And then he goes, and then he puts a a trash bag. Wow, that's a little bit much. Uh, he put a trash bag on the, the guy that originally tweeted, and they go, here's your proof. And then Wendy says, thanks for sharing your baby pictures, because he's a trash bag. Uh, somebody said, <laughs> why are, and somebody goes, why are y'all like this, tweeting back to this other person? And Wendy's tweets back at this girl, and she says, we try to keep it friendly, but we aren't here to get trashed by someone. Because <laughs> get that? There was a trash bag. <laughs> And Wendy's takes it back at people. So what happens is now that the last tweet in this little thread, which isn't terribly large, right, uh, from Wendy's. And this is as of whenever this screenshot was taken, probably December of 2017. Um, the last tweet has, well, the last effective one is 14,000 likes, okay, and 33,000 retweets. So then Board Panda, the site that I'm reading this from right now, Board Panda writes an entire article with 32 hilarious Twitter roasts by Wendy's that will make you think twice before posting. And so they've not just said, here's what we can do, but they're actually going out and saying, here's what we can do. In addition to where else is it going to go? You know, McDonald's, and, and they're not afraid to roast their competition, by the way. McDonald's tweeted, this is March of 2017. McDonald's, not Wendy's, says, Today we've announced that by mid-2018, all quarter-pounder burgers at the majority of our restaurants will be cooked with fresh beef. And then 
Two, three hours later, Wendy's tweets back, at McDonald's, so you're still using frozen beef in most of your burgers in all of your restaurants? Asking for a friend. So, <laughs> like, they just straight up throw shade, you know? Um, <laughs> it, somebody it's great tw- because I'm not, uh, sorry to interject. No, but, please. Uh, I'm not a huge Twitter user. Yeah. Uh, and generally speaking, I'm not a huge social media user. I, yeah. You may already know this about me, world. But that being said... Th- it is so rare. Okay, so I think that what Wendy's is doing is a crossroads of sass, and it's it is mildly aggressive, but it's it, that's why it's sass. It's not it's not so over the top that they're going to get flagged or banned or booted, right? It's it's the it's sass with humor. Yeah, uh, it's it's like it's like cocky and confident. Yeah, uh, and it, I think that's a. I mean, I know Wendy's is on the map for that. It, but that's a pretty rare breed. Uh, and it, it honestly takes some guts to do that. <laughs> right? it, it does. And I mean, you're walking a line. Like the, one of their tweets I'm reading here, and I'll probably stop reading these tweets after this, but uh, somebody tweets out with unprompted and says, I want Wendy's, but my girlfriend wants McDonald's. What do I do? They weren't tweeting at Wendy's. They were just... Oh, actually, it looks like they were tweeting. Anyway, Wendy's replied and said, there are plenty of fish in the sea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they just took it right back at them. And I think that's brilliant. Um, and, you know, a lot of times there are instances of Wendy's and other brands that are doing the kind of snark thing where they, it, it's this almost kind of unspoken, uh, it's not an agreement, but this unspoken uh, rising tide loves all boats where they start digging on each other so that people are watching people are paying attention and people are acting based on their team right i saw this was the most brilliant tip jar thing at i don't think it was at a starbucks it was some local like brewing market which is a colorado local coffee shop um i think it's colorado local anyway doesn't matter so they don't just have a jar that says hey we appreciate your tips which is fine fine please tip your baristas i guess um but what it said was hey do you like i, I don't know let's say it was it was a football team that everybody hates the cowboys it was <laughs> <laughs> do you who who's your team this weekend denver broncos and now of course we live in colorado so the real bet there would be if you didn't do a colorado team but whatever you go is your team denver or the cowboys now obviously you're just going to go, Oh, that's funny. You're going to go whatever. But what they're, they're doing is they're actually incentivizing you because we like to win. Cause we're weird like that. Humans are weird like that. Like we love to, well, most of us love to win. Um, especially DJ Khaled. So <laughs> they're going, <laughs> DJ! yeah. So they're going to put that in there and you go, I'm going to vote with my nickel or my dollar or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. And then at the end of the day, they go, oh, hey, look at this. And so they're they're not just saying, give us a tip. Good service is incentive enough. But they're saying, you get a chance to vote on this. You know? Yeah, even though it's completely inconsequential and you're right. not going to see any proceeds if you win the bet. Uh, yeah. What do you care? Because it's not a... It's exactly. <laughs> and it, it, it goes beyond, sure. As yes. you said, you could look at it and you could say, ah, ah I don't care about football. Right, but yep. even if you mildly cared about football, right, and and you were going to tip anyway, assuming you were tipping with, you know, cold hard cash, yes. which is is more rare than not. But I still love the idea, and yep. I've seen this done. I think I've actually seen it done at, at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Um, not that exact thing, but the point is, it's connecting your two brain cells that you have left, uh, in my case, <laughs> with something something potentially on an emotional level you know maybe yes. maybe you watch football every sunday with your dad or with your bros yep um maybe maybe it's just that one team maybe you're huge fans of those dallas cowboys mm-hmm. but you happen to be a transplant here in colorado and you see that side of the the tip jar for denver is all it's all filled up and you're like no 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 i gotta show some love yeah. so you you crumple up that single dollar bill to make it look as large as possible in that space it's just so that the next person that comes along 
Um, but hey, the baristas are winning and uh, they should be tipped. That's Especially right. when they do their puck preparation correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I and I th- so I have a, a friend of mine who owns a restaurant here, and uh, so I live in the city of Longmont. Um, and he and I are talking about some marketing things um, because he's owned it for only a couple of months now. Tons of experience, like amazing guy at ve- being very objective about his goals as a business person and I-, I love talking about it because he's not afraid to brainstorm and so one of the things that i have not mentioned him yet and if he hears this hopefully i will have mentioned it to him by the time we talk but is that great his restaurant is open from 8 a.m to 2 p.m that's it they do breakfast they do brunch um, and it's Creole. It's called Lucille's. So look up Lucille's with one L on the end, L-U-C-I-L-E apostrophe S in Longmont. Uh, there are a few other branches. Um, and so he, I said, you're only open for this time. And there are literally restaurants, bars, what have you, that are open the inverse of you. So why don't you work with those guys to go, hey, listen, I'm going to put this I don't, let's say it's a coaster or a tag on your receipt. Jordan has gone out to a bar with some buddies. He's there till 11 o'clock and then he goes to cash out and it says, Hey, if you bring this receipt to Lucille's tomorrow morning, uh, you'll get five bucks off, whatever, you know, because there's no harm to the bar. But if the bar has given them incentive, you're more likely to go back to that bar. And then it's also driving people over to Lucille's and that big thank you and then if somebody has breakfast or they're having brunch at Lucille's on, let's say, a Sunday, the owner of Lucille's, my friend, or one of the servers at Lucille's could go, hey, you want to go watch the football game? We don't have TVs in here to watch the football game, or we only have one TV over here, but why don't you go over to this bar over here? And then all of a sudden, they're right back into that loop. And that is a form of guerrilla marketing, Right. And it's beautiful, especially in such a perfect situation where there's like no territorial dispute, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where there's like, they're not, one's not encroaching on the other one's hours of operation. Uh, And I think, yes, it's good for both businesses, but it's also great for the community. Um, It ensures that each of those two, three locations is more sustainable or is around longer, yep. um, which means, right, it's a more desirable place to live when it has nice amenities, restaurants and grills and bars. And and then, yeah, it's 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 a, an upward cycle of continued growth. And that, that's great, right? I mean, that, that, that's a win-win-win. A hundred percent. And I, I will also say, um, you know, use platforms that are there, guys. I mean, so Deadpool, when... When Deadpool came out, um, they, the the studio, uh, created a Tinder profile, like an actual Tinder profile. And it's Deadpool sitting there making heart fingers with his hands, you know. And if, the, <clears throat> good Lord, excuse me. And it says, I'll, I'll read you the, the thing here. It's, uh, ooh, where did it go? There it is. In the bio, it says Deadpool, 39 years old, 100 miles away, semi-professional bad guy, quote, unaliver, uh, chimichanga connoisseur and frequent patron of Sister Margaret School for Wayward Girls. And then he's got like a bunch of emojis, like a skull, gun, knife, some dancing girls. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Some beers, martini, and another beer. Uh, check out Deadpool starring Ryan Reynolds in theaters Friday, February 12th. If somebody matched, so if somebody swiped right, um... And there are a bunch of other pictures, you know, if somebody swipe right and match, they got a link to buy tickets, right? If they swiped left, nothing happened. So they were using now, of course, there's probably some dev, right? Some, some actual development on the back to be able to facilitate buying tickets because I don't know Tinder, but as I understand it, because I don't partake, but, um, the, you can't just have the mechanism where you swipe right and it goes to, otherwise people will be spamming the crap out of it. Yes. If, if that's the case, we should create a Tinder profile for Mondo. So people <laughs> <laughs> swipe right and all of a sudden we get stuff. So, but they were partnering up in and really doubling down on an, an existing platform. And you don't have to do exactly what that is, you know. Um, now, is there a chance that you're going to piss off the platform? Or if you're drawing chalk on your sidewalk, which is a public sidewalk in front of your business? Sure. But is it a calculated risk? Is it a risk you're willing to take? Probably. Um, 
I think I talked, was I talking on the show last week, Jordan, or was I talking about the benches, the running brand I used to work about? Or was I telling you that off? I think I was telling you that off. I think that was off air. Yeah. So I had this idea, which is clearly brilliant. Prepare to be amazed, everybody. I can't wait. If you're in a car, make sure you're buckled up. So um, (laughs) I used to work for a running shoe brand. Um, And when we would go, so before every major marathon, before every major triathlon, things like that, there there are expos, right? These events where you, typically speaking, you're going to pick up your race bib. um, And at those expos, there are a lot of booths and vendors and things like this. So like Nike will go and Brooks Running and uh, Spy Belt and whatever. All these different brands will show up and they'll... You know, they want to hawk their wares to some degree, but they also just want you to see their stuff so that maybe you'll buy it next time and to also visit their loyal loyal customers already. So um, my company that I worked for, who I won't mention, um, but we were at, we would go to these events all the time and I made the suggestion, hey, maybe we can create uh, benches or stools because at these events, we were a shoe brand, not a shoe short store, but an actual brand. Um, and people are sitting down trying on your shoes and frequently speaking, especially for the warmer weather, warmer climate events, people are wearing shorts. Um, I said, why don't we make these benches so that when people sit down, our logo is in the inverse on this bench and it's, and it's kind of like, uh, a, what would you, it, it's like a metal cutout, right? So it's still a comfortable bench, but think about you go to the park and they have those benches with this all scrolly metal crap all over them that are decorative and all that stuff. <laughs> Similar to that. And you stand up and you, you have like leaf prints on your ass for a week. So I said, why don't we do that? Why don't we put these things, put them at a spot toward the front edge of the bench that when Jordan or Brandon or Susie over here we go and we sit down and try on these shoes and we're talking to the person helping us out when I stand up all of a sudden there's going to be this brand on the back of my thighs and people are going to be like oh that's so funny and maybe they'll swing by the booth and they'll say oh check that out look at that bench and then all of a sudden here's somebody to pitch them so there's no end to what guerrilla marketing can mean quite frankly and I think that strikes to the heart of the matter right there. Yep. It's something, uh, you know, I always think of, I'm not sure this is the perfect analogy, but I think of Sisyphus. And if you're not familiar with Sisyphus uh, and the story and the a Sisyphean task, it's, uh, and I'm not even going to get the story perfectly correct here, but right. I'm pretty sure it was like this individual that was forever doomed to be rolling a very large rock up a hill uh for all of time and uh and and i don't remember exactly but the point is right if in marketing really you could apply this in any any facet of life as soon as you stop trying to push the envelope to do Mm -hmm. something new as soon as you start saying uh as soon as you start saying you know listen uh We've done this. It's the way we've always done it. Um, and, and if it's still working, sure, of course. Why, why stop something that's sure. that's still working? But to always be ahead of that ball, to, to not be crushed by that ball, um, you have to be able to or have people on your team that are able to come together, think about these ideas outside of the box. Uh, and, I mean, what better than, than to do it in a way that doesn't affect uh, the bottom line in a negative way, mm-hmm. uh, but could certainly affect it in a positive way for minimal effort. Why yeah. It, and I think, you know, to your point, th- this is kind of part of the larger marketing conversation. And look, guys, I mean, honestly, if you're, if you've been listening regularly, or if this is your first time, we're not, we're not going to sit up here and pitch. If you guys, if there's somebody out here listening to this that wants to talk to us, please reach out. Um, Brandon at trimondo.com. There you go. <laughs> Just reach out, honestly. But we're not going to pitch. But what we want to do is people have confirmation bias about what works. So you said, Jordan, if it's still working. Let, but but here's the problem. We have an effective inflation rate right now uh, around 20%. So if you made a million dollars last year, let's say, that same million dollars this year is worth $800,000 last year. Now, am I ballparking? Sure. But we're talking about actual effective inflation, kids. So if it's working, 
And you, from your marketing efforts, you made a million dollars last year, whatever that means in terms of revenue and profit and whatever your P&L is. Um, but this year you made the same. Is it still working? Because costs are going up across the board. Unless you've made a 20% increase on that, unless you're making 1.2, you aren't making the same. And if you're making 1.2 and you're satisfied with status quo, great. But could you change things up? Because working is is kind of a relative thing if you if you pick up a weight and you go i really want to uh have big biceps or whatever which are really good for having big biceps they're <laughs> not really good for much else but so fine so you pick up your you you kind of work yourself up to uh a 50 pound dumbbell in each hand let's say and you're just going to stay there and you're just ripping on it and you then you're doing that for six months and you're doing that for a year well, you're not getting better. And, and quite frankly, your muscles are going to be like, uh, there'll be a sort of kind of atrophy because it'll just plateau and nothing else will happen. They won't actually atrophy, but you're just kind of sitting in the same place. Nothing is improving, but you probably could do 55, but you're only trying to do this. And it's this weird confirmation bias that people get in all their marketing campaigns, whatever they're doing, because they go, well, this is working. I had, I, I've told this story, I think, on the show before. I had a roofer uh, down in south of Denver. And the guy goes, they turned me down, which is fine. I mean, look, it happens. But they turned me down uh, because they got a screaming deal. This is a paraphrased quote. We got a great deal on the phone book and a billboard. And I was like, okay, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> hold the phone? Yeah. I was like, bro, yeah. I was like, bro, and it, nice guy. I didn't say bro, and I was professional. I was like, okay, um, what kind of deal did you get? Oh, we just got a great deal in the phone book. And I said, how many people use the phone book? Oh, I don't know, but they told us. I was like, oh, oh, they told you. They didn't. There's no measure, measurable, like real data that was like firsthand sourced. No, no, no. But you know, but we we've been using them in the past, so we're gonna go with this. And I was like, oh, and that billboard. So how do they track that? Oh, well, they say that X amount of cars go by here every day. That's X. And, and I said, so how many people are in the average car? Right. So they go, oh, well, it's something like 1.25 people, let's say, in the average car, give or take. That, I said, that was oh. the number that was in my head, by the way. Was it really? <laughs> yeah. How many fingers behind my back? <laughs> that scene in Bruce Almighty when he's like seven and he's like, ha, and he's got seven fingers <laughs> on one hand. <laughs> um, but 1.25 people per car great and there are 10,000 cars pass there per day so that's 10,125 cars right i think i'm doing that math right that sounds good and and so great of those people how many people are looking at that sign how many people then are able to based on driving by a sign on a highway at 80 miles an hour pull out their phone and take a picture of it <laughs> drive safe kids how how like where do you see this working and the guy, and I kind of threw it back at him. He was like, well, I guess we'll see. And I was like, I guess we will. <laughs> <laughs> then you hear back from him and I'm fine with it. I don't mind. Sure. I don't mind hearing no. I'll give you rope all day to hang yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's a weird way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> please don't anybody do that. Yeah, yeah please, please. Nothing Dear illegal, Lord. nothing to harm yourself. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we should all revisit our uh the way that we do things method even in like a relationship you know if you're going you get into we get into these routines i'm married um you get into this routine with you do this 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 and yes there's a there's a, a modicum of things that you have to do within your routine right so you have to get up you have to go to work you have to change kids diapers you have to wash dishes all those things but then on fridays you always eat the same food from the same restaurant and then on Sundays you always do this and and it's like mix it up because much like guerrilla marketing the things that are impressed upon us are those things which are stood apart from the norm and I think that it's I think it's beneficial good or bad because look you'll you'll go well we always eat sesame chicken from the Hunan Palace over here on Friday nights or whatever it is we do not do that for the record but <laughs> You, you you go well i don't like this restaurant over here well how do you know 
well i just know because i like this well because you like this doesn't mean you don't like this get a step outside this might be this restaurant over here this other place might be your favorite thing in the world you just don't know it yet because you have this weird version of confirmation bias where you won't look outside of yourself and it's the same thing with marketing be willing to take these big swings man what is the what's the it's the wayne gretzky excuse me the michael scott quote you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take wayne gretzky michael <laughs> scott <laughs> same same person right totally same caliber yeah and i mean and then there's somebody else that said something and i don't i'm not trying to get all like cheesy and hokey about yeah. <laughs> yeah but like um what is it if you shoot for the shoot for the moon and miss you'll still be among the stars or something like that and it's like be willing to take these swings yes please be calculated about it i think that and jordan you should speak to this actually because uh, you're more on project side than i am but like if you have a a team working with you um who really understands your brand and this is one of the and, and by, by the way even if you're like a two dude painting company you still have a brand um if you have somebody that understands that understands your goals understands your aversions you can't like putting a price tag on that is tough because you you want that these people that go from this company to that whether it's your sign maker or your t-shirt maker or your marketing company and they go from company to company to company it ties your hands because the agency you're working with doesn't get to know you that well and so how do they know what moves the needle for you or your audience right yeah yeah you, you brought up a lot of great things and i kind of want to present a dichotomy here of course there's always exceptions to the rule uh, and I'll, I have a perfect example. So I'm going to use one about Google ads with, with many, many clients uh, that yeah. I've seen, but this really could apply to any major advertisement platform. They, they being Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, YouTube at any given moment, <laughs> it's in their prerogative to change the rules. It's yes. in, for advertisers. So, uh, that being said, yes, you have to be adaptable. But there are situations that that occur quite regularly, where a major rule rules change will come down the pike, uh, not the pipe. And we're <laughs> fleshing this out, not flushing this out. That's I right. actually heard somebody on TV incorrectly say that the other day. I was like, uh, no, yeah. B Dubs needs to be here. <laughs> now, but but my point is, these rules changes come down. You don't have a choice. You can't say decline, That's right. <laughs> right? If you want to continue advertising, hopefully successfully on a given platform, you have to accept it. That being said, sometimes when the rule change happens, if you had something set up, I'm thinking of a specific scenario that that's happened several times with the Google ads. Um, they change the allowable uh, search ad types. Uh, you mm -hmm. used to have something where you could have a, an extended um, an extended text ad, uh, or you could do a responsive search ad, uh, and they removed the former. But if you had already had some of those old ads running, you could be grandfathered in to continue using them. Uh, and so it's a situation where if you still have them, you definitely don't want to do something radical and get rid of them, especially if they're performing. Right. Um, so yeah, that. but there are numerous items like this and those are all these are all very technical points right it, well, it, it's yeah. but they're they're real they're real mm -hmm. but the the dichotomy to your point the other side of this coin is absolutely no matter how large or small your business is um and i think with very few industry exceptions people want to see your brand as uh well, it depends on the industry right like uh, but i i think there's a huge component to, I'm not sure if fun is the right word, sure. uh, but perhaps likable or approachable or human, you know, perhaps if you're doing heart transplants, maybe that's not the vibe that you want to give off. Like, yeah, yeah you know, we're a flash mob in, in the subway, uh, you know, like we maybe, won't kill you guys. <laughs> we promised. Yay. And then it's like, here's a free, you know, pig in a blanket, right? It's like, uh, this is a, wait, are you replacing part of my heart with a pig heart? Wait, this is very strange now, um, but guaranteed obsolescence of your heart. <laughs> <laughs> But there definitely is an angle here uh, for, for any size, right? And 
and um, yeah, you don't have to scare people, right? right. But right. flip a switch in that brain, uh, and 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 uh, it, you'll probably win some customers, right? And and what you're doing, and I, I guess I should have. I, I feel like I wanted to say this earlier and didn't. Is that you're having people ask the question of themselves? Because I can show somebody what the value is for, let's say, a social campaign or whatever. I can explain with like hard numbers what the value of this is. You spend this, you're going to make this. Great. Within a reasonable margin of error. But if they ask that question to themselves, they trust themselves way more than they trust you. And so if you present the information in a way that they can go, oh, huh, you know, we did try this thing over here. Like people that spend money on Facebook all the time. Oh, it drives me nuts. Oh, I spent $100 on Facebook last month and I didn't get crap for it. And I go, well, you spent $100 on Facebook last month. Of course you didn't get crap for it. That's like you use one square toilet paper and you're like, well, toilet paper doesn't work. And you're like, hold on. (laughs) Hold on now. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. So, but if they, but if you can have them ask that question of themselves with the proper available information, that's, I think, where it's that much stronger. That's why I say, that's why we, when we started talking, um, we started talking about the emotional side of a flash mob. That's what moves the needle. I tend to be a more data-driven guy. Facts don't care about your feelings, that sort of thing. However, the feeling component is there and should be valued and honored. Um, facts will rule the day every single time. Um, and I said, rule the day, which also rue the day is a secondary little, uh, colloquialism that we could use. That's there. a negative though. Yes, uh, that's you, true. You will rue the you day. Rue that the you day. Cross my hardwood pencils. And then there's rue that you make with a little flour. It's kind of like gravy. <laughs> anyway, some celery. Um, so <laughs> good Lord. So, um, but the emotional side of that does move the needle because again, that's what's going to make people notice. And then if you get them to step out of their emotion and look at kind of data, it's, and, and, and frankly, people are making very quick decisions and some of it is based around feelings, of course, but really if you can get the feeling to just trip the switch, the, the feeling side to just trip the switch to make somebody go, Oh, hold on a second. When I call somebody on a, and I had a good friend of mine who's a, who, I look up to as a mentor in, in the sales world. And he said to me, he's been in sales forever. And this is several years ago. He said to me, I was like, man, how do you, when you're cold calling, which I hate with the fiery passion of a thousand sons, he said, how do you, or I asked him, I was like, how do you just get that first thing going? He said, here's what you do. You go, uh, ring, ring. And so as you go, uh, this is Jordan's pencils, Jordan, Brandon Wood, how goes it? And I was like, how goes it? He's like, yes, say, how goes it? I was like, dude, I sound like a freaking moron. He was like, just say it. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I started saying, how goes it? And what it does is it trips people's brain because if I go, how are you? You're going to go 99% chance. You're going to go fine. 99 ish. You might go good. Okay. I'm okay. Fine. But they're going to go, you go, how goes it? And you're like, how the hell do I answer that question? <laughs> Because fine is and not an appropriate answer. <laughs> yeah, what? And so the, you're going to go, somebody's going to go, oh, <laughs> it's going. I go, right, sorry, stupid question. Yeah, but listen, it's Friday, right? And I almost always make those calls on Friday because uh, why not save it till the end of the week? And you've tripped their brain up and now you're having a conversation because you've taken them away from the, I'm going to hang up on this guy just to have a conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and then also treat them like, and we're getting into a sales piece, which we don't need to do right now, but you're getting, you're treating them like a person. You're not going, Oh, Hey, Mr. McDonald. You're going, Jordan, how's it going? Brandon Wood how, or Bra- Jordan, Brandon Wood. How goes it right now? I've, I've said who you are by first name. I'm because I'm not doing the formal thing. I don't even care if you ask me to. <laughs> um, and then, I'm saying my name like you know me and then I'm saying how goes it and all of a sudden all those things together you're going whoa I obviously know this guy anyway now we're see now Jordan <laughs> you have me going in the sales world <laughs> you can't help it it's it's I this can't. instinct you know it's yep. like a, the eye of the tiger it's like you want it 
you know, you, you can smell it's that the, blood in the water. Yes. The tigers <laughs> don't like to swim. <laughs> tigers can't smell underwater, Jordan. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know why I brought up sharks. I was talking with my buddy the other night uh, just about thrill seeking. Mm. And uh, I was for some reason, I was thinking about, you know, you can go down in the water in a cage and they can attract yeah. sharks to you. Uh, and, I, and I guess you bring, um, right, some some raw meat Chum. just uh yeah just yeah well well uh, no it has to be expensive uh, the, the sharks <laughs> that i want to encounter they're they're hoity-toity. very very high end. nothing but wagyu beef <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. way outside the realm of what sharks eat typically i have a feeling <laughs> yeah look look what i've done here what yeah. <laughs> what's going on well i guess to wrap this up uh gorilla marketing grr gorilla marketing not not go grr. <laughs> there it is there it is right it's it's it can be low cost yep it can be highly effective mm-hmm. uh, it does require i think un- or inarguably creativity yep uh, there there has to be and it doesn't necessarily have to be the first time this thing has ever been done in the mm-hmm. world all that is really required is that you know it, it catches at least a few people off guard in a yep. good way Right. And, and, um, yeah, you, you could be wildly successful no matter what size you are. It takes guts too. I mean, don't be afraid to step again, please be legal, but just be, be willing to, if it costs you nothing to do <clears throat> other than some time or effort, like the, the, the power washing thing, power washer stencil that costs you, assuming you get your hands on a power washer, which is not expensive. Even if you buy one, you get a cheap one at Home Depot for like a hundred bucks it doesn't cost you anything to do that. You know, might the cops come along and be like, now you have to clean the rest of the thing. (laughs) Fine, whatever. But, but honestly, I mean, it takes a little bit of effort. Then if that doesn't work, try something else that doesn't cost anything either. Sidewalk chalk is cheap. If you got kids, you got like 87,000 sticks of it sitting around. So you're okay. (laughs) I say that with first-hand experience. You, you know this. You're, you you're speaking about it right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you again for listening. This has been another glorious episode of the Mondo Solution Podcast with your host, Jordan McDonald and... Brandon Wood. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys again. Be sure to share, like, subscribe, send us a comment, drop us a line. Uh, ask us questions. We're very approachable dudes. Yes, so. indeed. Thank, Thank you, you again. Peace.